we always knew that clothing is not going to solve the issue of homelessness, but mm. it's the opportunities that can. And from that, we had a few young people coming in and volunteering at the start, and then as we all were, and then as we were able to grow, we were able to employ them, and then we really saw their confidence and self-esteem really grow yes. and like in a quick amount of time. And it was really eye-opening for us in the fact that this is what we can do. We can provide these opportunities. Thanks for tuning into our Roth podcast. We love having you here and it is our mission to bring you the latest and greatest sustainable tips, skills and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you've got it in you and we're going to show you how. Now, let's rough it. Hi, Marcus. Welcome to the Rough Podcast. I'm really honored to have you on the show today. I got to know Homi a few years ago through a panel discussion on sustainable fashion, where the other co-founder, Nick, was one of the panelists. And later on, when we organized workshops and up shopping tours, we always stopped at the Homi store in Fitzroy. So I'm really excited to have you on the show today. It's really good to be on your show. And I think the work you're doing is really important to spread the message of sustainability and, you know, try to educate people more on their impacts. And yeah, it's a real pleasure to be with you today. Well, thanks for being here. I guess I would like to start maybe with you, where you started on your maybe sustainability journey. How did you connect first with Homi? How did you guys started the whole project? Yeah, so it's a bit of a long story, but way back in the beginning, I was sort of working in retail and working at General Pants in the city and Autonomy, another brand, and seeing the number of people living rough on the streets, like continuing to grow and just out of curiosity was interested to know how and why this was sort of happening in a city like Melbourne, which is often touted as the most livable city in the world. So. Mm. Yeah, it was born out of curiosity and in my lunch breaks, I would go and sit down with people and just have a chat and just find out a bit about themselves and their story and their dreams and their goals. And I just, yeah, became really passionate about that once, you know, hearing these stories because a lot of times in the media, they're portrayed a lot differently and there's such a big stigma around homelessness that these people are aggressive or they're violent or they're on drugs or alcohol when mm -hmm. a lot of the times that's not true. It's, it's very misleading sort of information. And yeah, so became pretty passionate about that and sort of set up a page to a Facebook page to try to destigmatize the issue and create awareness around it and just give people more of an understanding around homelessness as, as a whole and yeah, give people a little insight into, you know, what issues people might be dealing with and what might have got them into this situation and just really show that it can happen to absolutely anyone. They say that we're only six weeks away from actually having nothing, you know, the average person. So it was pretty alarming, but at the same time it was educational for us as well and we just wanted to share that information. Yeah, so from that we sort of set up, yeah, this page got a lot of traction and there was people asking how can they help more how can they donate clothing and blankets and food and that sort of stuff so we set up a pop-up shop in december 2014 in federation square where we got the public to come down and donate clothing and we had hairdressers on site yeah and we just set up a pop-up shop that was completely free for people who felt like they needed the clothes and services brought people in as well and yeah that day was just 
really overwhelmingly positive day. We had truckloads of clothing come down and people were really supportive, but it was also the people that came through to collect the clothing were really thankful and were really surprised that there was people in the community that cared about them. And from that sort of day, we were like, shit, like how can we do this more permanently? We didn't want it to just be a one-off, you know, tokenistic event. We wanted to try and continue to create these connections between our community to bring people together to create more of an understanding around the issue. I guess from that, we bounced around a few different ideas and yeah, that's sort of how Homie was sort of born in the end. We got a bit of media attention from that. Melbourne Central offered us a pop-up shop for four weeks mm. in there and that's how it started. It was only initially supposed to be a pop-up, like mm. four-week shop yeah. and yeah, it's been five years, which mm-hmm. is going really fast. How did you manage to transform this kind of energy and the momentum from this pop up to something because homie today is not even just on your store or even a brand you have the whole program like you said before you wanted to not be just one off and it's not yeah. only creating a brand that can support homeless people especially young people but you also create a whole program to help those people where did you start did you start with the clothes first or did you start with the program the alliance first yeah, so initially we were operating as sort of a one-for-one model. So you buy one clothing from us and we give one away to someone experiencing homelessness through our VIP days. We emulated that day in Fed Square once a month in the shop. So it was a more closed environment and all the clothing that was donated as a one-for-one, would we'd invite like a service in to the shop and then they would choose those items at their own discretion. And yeah, it's all sort of developed from that. We realised we had a couple of young people come through on those days saying you know can I volunteer my time and I need some experience mm. for my resume and we always knew that clothing is not going to solve the issue of homelessness but mm. it's the opportunities that can and yeah so from that we had a few young people coming in and volunteering at the start and then as we all were and then as we were able to grow we were able to employ them and then we really saw their confidence and self-esteem really grow yeah. and like in a quick amount of time and it was really eye-opening for us in the fact that this is what we can do we can provide these opportunities and this is where we'll have the most impact moving forward so after a year or so we set up this structured training and employment program where we've partnered with knowledge space which is a registered training office so everyone who goes through the program receives a certificate three in retail now as well so they're not just getting that on-the-job experience, their paid experience, but they're mm. also getting the certificate moving forward, which can be really helpful. This is great, yeah, because it's not only having the experience today, but it's also well being paid for this and then yeah. having the support and the community. And this is all like, yeah, building confidence and this is really incredible. And I'm interested also because you said at the beginning it was like a purchase one and then give one as donation. Have you already had created the brand for me? Or? Yeah, well, well, actually, it was for the first few months, like oh, mm. even the first year, we got this pop-up shop in um, Melbourne Central and we had no clothing, we had no mm. racks, we had <laughs> nothing to <laughs> out for whatsoever, but we just said mm. yes and we were like, let's do it because we knew what we wanted to do and like we were passionate about it and through our connections we were able to pull together a store you know Nick 
was babysitting the family that worked at uh, were high up in Target and they gave us fittings and fixtures for the store and, and I knew a lot of streetwear connections and we were able to fit out the shop with like donations from Stussy and Cotton On and various other streetwear brands. And initially, yeah, it was like samples and seconds and we just started to put our logo of our Facebook page onto some tees ourselves because people were really interested in supporting what we were doing and they really wanted to wear that support. Mm. So... And we found that more and more people were gravitating towards that when they were coming in and then the other stuff that was in the store. And, and from that, just organically, we were like, well, maybe we should develop this a bit more and, um, you know, create some more designs that really sort of expand the range a little bit and provide a bit more of an offering. And that's sort of how the brand sort of evolved just organically. Like we never anticipated to even have a shop at the start and then we never anticipated to have our own brand but these sort of things just evolved and it's been great we've been just rolling with the roller coaster a bit yeah you've said um a very few interesting things well first when you say i know people started to want it to wear homey because it's like you want to support and you want to show it and maybe you also want to advocate and i found this is something we find quite a lot in slow fashion and I personally was a bit like resistant to wear brands because I don't want to be, you know, <laughs> a kind of like hanger and just like be Nike or whatever. But obviously when the brand is supporting something that is much bigger and greater, you want to be part of it. And I think this is great that you guys started to create a yeah, homie for this. For those who don't know, your brand is all like streetwear. So it's also really fit with the message and the people you are helping out. So Yeah, and sort of targeting like that younger demographic and mm. you know, with young people affected by homelessness or hardship and aging between sixteen and twenty five and yeah, we consider ourselves a youthful streetwear yeah. brand, I guess. And that's sort of our target market and yeah, it's been a journey so far and everything's changing and evolving at the moment, especially with restrictions and COVID and stuff and yeah. Who knows where we'll, we'll end up in the future. How did that affect you or how did you guys adapt it? I don't know if you, obviously you said yeah. online or do you see any new trends also in terms of ethical fashion post-COVID? Well, for us, it was, we obviously had to close the store and other retail partners had to close as well. So this meant that our current group of interns couldn't do their on-the-job placement, which was really disappointing. But on the flip side of the coin, like our online stores been pretty consistent and we've been selling masks as well. So we've been able okay. to offer a lot of hours in procurement, filling orders and online distribution. So we've still been able to, instead of just cancel the program, they're still going through their certificate in retail. Mm. And then now they're also fulfilling all orders for us and for some other brands as well. It actually hasn't been too bad. Like the guys have, They've obviously been disappointed about not being able to go to work in the homie store or in the champion store sure. or in the bond store, but they're still coming in and hanging out with our team and they're doing that mm-hmm. online distribution and still interacting with us as helping reach those outcomes and in, in, in building confidence and life skills as well. Sorry, I just had a motorbike go past. <laughs> yeah, a bit of life, it's good. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask you, because it seems like you guys from the beginning were pretty well connected. Because, you know, you said when you start to set up, you got also big um, companies helping you with maybe furnitures and appliances. And 
right now you said you also have partnership with Champion <laughs> and uh, sorry, I almost say it with a French way and Bones. Yeah. So how did you create this connection? Like, did you get people involved from the beginning because of the message and the purpose or yeah. how did you create this? Yeah, I think initially like, yeah, that definitely helped, but mm. there were just connections in like our immediate network really like I'm from Colac which is a country town past Geelong I knew someone from there that worked at Cotton On at the time mm. and he saw what I was doing and then Nick yeah was babysitting the family that worked at Target and then I'd worked in retail so I had some other connections and they were, they were all just within our sort of immediate network sure. so yeah it's all sort of just yeah and then it kind yeah, of grows in, organically I'm asking because actually with you guys, like, I mean, first when you replied to our email to talk and reach out, it was really a nice moment for us because as you said before, like we started with people we knew and when you start having people that you don't have direct connections, being interested and wanting to share their stories, it's nice as well. Yeah, you never know like who you come across. Like Nick was doing a talk at his footy club and the CEO of the Haynes group was in the crowd and he didn't know and that's sort of how the connection with champion and came along and Haynes brands who take on some of our interns into their stores and they're part of our alliance program so yeah you never know like who might see your work or who will come across it and who's willing to get involved and you know out. so yeah it's been really good to have have them on board and it certainly that's where we can provide more opportunities by partnering with more retailers moving forward. Yeah. Something I read a lot when I browsed your website that, and you also started the podcast explaining that for you, it started by getting to know individually people and their stories and breaking the stigmas. I can feel it as well in the communication, you know, through, you know, the visuals, everything that you are guys creating online. It's really about people and it's, giving space for all the voices and what you just shared you know that Nick went to a talk and he shared maybe your visions what you guys are doing and it's inspiring and I think this is how people want to connect with the brand and with you know what you are doing because it's concrete it makes it really relatable oh, yeah thanks for that <laughs> it's nice to hear and it's funny because like that's how it sort of all started out it was about connecting with people on a human level and and, you know, like portrait photography and try to get people to connect with people and understand where walking someone else's shoes before yeah. you start to judge. I think that sort of value has sort of shone through like over the past you know, five years or so. Would you have a, I don't know, I'm just asking out of the blue, so I don't know if you would have one story, but I would be curious if you had like a, maybe a story of one person that came into your program and you have a few I mean we can redirect people as well to go to the website but do you have something that really can maybe make you feel wow this is awesome to have this impact on somebody's life mm. do you have a story like this oh, yeah well ugh, there's so many you know like, <laughs> okay <laughs> we've, had, um, we've had 19 young people go through our program the graduations at the end of the year to see when they started to when they finish that amount of like personal growth and development is actually incredible and to see the development and then yeah looking back at some of our past interns how much they're absolutely killing it now like one of the senior 
more senior people at the Apple store at Chadston and another one was training to be a manager at Cottonon and another one was is pretty high up at Bonds now. So it's like we're just there to provide that opportunity and give these guys a bit of a platform to grow and yeah, they're doing all the work really. We're just there to provide that opportunity for them and they've really taken it with two hands. Yeah, really got reaped the benefits from it. That's great. Just to change a little bit the topic, but not really. There were like two things I wanted to ask you about. First, because you are a photographer, videographer, and I guess you're also maybe behind Homie Creative. Could you maybe explain a little bit what it is? Because it seems to be something different, like a new branch, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Do you want to explain a little bit what is it? Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of, we're just launching that at the minute, really. We've done all of our content pretty much in-house from the start. And yeah, we just felt there was an opportunity to create pathways elsewhere. Not everyone has the skills and confidence to work in retail, but they yeah. might be more confident on a photo shoot set or behind a camera or assisting in video or editing, for example. So we felt like we've already got the skills and we've got a studio at our warehouse. So yeah, it's just another area where we're trying to build up and everyone needs content these days. And that's another branch of the business that we're trying to expand so we can offer more and more opportunities so yeah it's been really good so far we've done some campaigns with champion and we've got a few more on the cards at the moment with some other major brands which is really exciting and yeah we're hoping to grow that more and get more creatives involved melbourne's full of creative people with photographers and video and yeah. you know the more people we can get involved the better the work will be and the more brands we can work with so it's exciting area and it's something that we're going to put a lot of energy into in the next year or two. Yeah, but especially, I guess, like post-COVID, if people, it's a good way, maybe, you know, having like digital content, online content, video, this is not going to stop. There's going to be a yeah. more and more work on this field. So it's great. And as you said, like maybe not everybody's comfortable in this. So it's amazing. The second thing I wanted to ask you about, it's about the last collection, Reborn. I love it. <laughs> it's a bit different from, I yeah. think, the, your kind of signature collection, like the hoodies. Could you explain a little bit the process and how do you collect all those textile and mm. uh, discarded garments? Yes. So Reborn is actually like a sub-brand of mm. Homie. So that's a standalone brand now that we're going to continue to work on. And it's made from excess or waste materials to save them from landfill. So mm. we've partnered with some brands previously. Uh, at the start, we were just collecting clothing from op shops and recycling, like upcycling our own stuff that was maybe faulty or stuff that we never wanted to throw it out. We've actually never thrown anything out because we either give it away or, mm. you know, we upcycle it. So we haven't really had any waste yet. So, yeah, that's how Reborn sort of was created just because of the waste issue, which is pretty disturbing. I uh, recently talk about this and how much textile Victoria sends to landfill each year is pretty shocking. And you know, any way that we can help brands and help businesses repurpose that into new items, yeah, that's sort of the goal. We did a collaboration with Champion recently, which was really successful, and that was 40 or 50 pieces, and it sold out in the first like half an hour or so. And we just can't 
keep up with the demand, <laughs> which is really good. It's because people can really understand the issue and this waste problem is really serious and it's good to see that people are really passionate about it and wanting to buy into ethical and sustainable brands. Yeah, the waste issue I think is a really big one. Well, we've been talking with different people also in Melbourne too because it seems like there's no really a place even like lots of people when they get rid of their clothes and in Australia it's like up to I think it's 23 kilos per person per year that people like give to charities or throw away and it's so much Mm -hmm. and then you know that in charities only maybe 10% is resold I think that's the number yeah do you know what happens to the 90, 90%? Is it like sent yeah. uh, overseas or does it go to landfill? Do you know what happens? Yeah, well, in Victoria, 99% of the clothing is either landfilled or burned. We don't have any recycling solutions to textiles as yet. Like there's a lot of people working in this space. Our board chair of Homey actually is one of the pioneers in this space in the chem- breaking down the chemicals you know, in polyester and cotton to repurpose that into individual fibres, which is really exciting. But currently there's no real solution for textiles. You can mm. recycle bottles and cans and stuff, but you can't recycle T-shirts. But there is ways, there is people that we're dealing with currently who can shred the cotton and turn it into like stuffing for dog beds and yeah. things like that. So there is, right. there is yeah. those solutions, but... Yeah, majority of the stuff is shipped off to landfill. And the fact is, we don't really know where it goes. Once it gets to the Middle East, it's then shipped on somewhere else. And it's kind of really hard to trace. And that's pretty alarming that the government just sort of ship it off. And that's the last they want to see or hear of it, pretty much. Mm. Yeah. I mean, a bit on the same kind of like a spirit of what you guys created with Reborn. I found more and more classes also for people to learn how to mend and fix and maybe do like kind of um how do you say like visible stitching like it's a bit more coming back as well to teach people to look after their clothes and make them last longer yeah there was like a hundred billion new garments created last year we can do so much more with what we already have we don't need to keep wasting these natural resources to keep creating more and more stuff that just ends up in the ground it's just like a vicious cycle all around so yeah the more that People can repurpose and reuse and recycle the better for everyone. I guess the message for us when we run our workshops in the class is to sensibilize people on how much resources actually needed to create clothes. And aside from the social tension that can be created also overseas. And the first step we ask people is to refuse, you know, to stop purchasing all the time. to go to upshop and to use what's already in circulation and to make clothes last longer. For me, Homey was also like a good alternative because for lots of people who are not familiar with slow fashion and they want to switch from fast fashion to ethical fashion. And I think mm. Homey here has a great place because you're also one of the few brands certified by Ethical Clothing Australia, right? Like mm-hmm. all your process, every step of the, I would say, clothing manufacturing everything has been also certified yeah yeah certified yeah yeah there's a lot of like questions around you know like where the textile is coming from and cotton being like so intensive in terms of water what would be the most important like for somebody because our audience is mostly like busy people and they don't have time to do all this research you know 
So totally. what would be the most important criteria when you want to, okay, I'm not ready to go up shopping. It's not my thing yet. It's too much time consuming. Mm. What are the kind of criteria people can look at when they choose sustainable brands? Yeah, well, it's a tricky one. Like in terms of ECA, they go through and audit like all your suppliers and it has to meet all the standards that they've set in terms of like equal pay and workers' rights. Yeah, that sort of stuff. So it's really good to have that certification. We've also worked with Haynes Brands now with their manufacturers because they've got big buying power and we're able to buy in with them, which makes it cheaper for us because the more profit we make, the more purpose we can deliver. So that's sort of tricky for us as well. Like we want to generate the most we can to support the people in our program. So that sort of helped for us moving forward. And like Haynes are really well certified and they have people checking in on their factories all the time. So Mm. like we're pretty comfortable of where that's sort of sitting at the moment. But it is really tricky because we are dealing with a few other people as well in the same space. And it's hard because a lot of people have stigma around China or if it's being made offshore. When actual facts like buying Australian cotton isn't the most sustainable because our country is in drought at the moment and, you know, really takes 2,700 litres of water to make a single T-shirt and half of the country is deprived of water. It's a really tricky area because I guess the more you look into it, the more questions you ask of like, what is sustainability and is getting cotton grown in Vietnam or India where there's Mm -hmm. like the rain is like a lot more plentiful and and the resources are there, natural resources are there. Is that more sustainable than having it locally grown? Like those sort of questions you really have to consider. And yeah, it's 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 obviously something where... Mm -hmm something that we're continually working on to make sure that we're doing the best we can because we can't be helping people in our community here but exploiting people overseas. That would just not make any sense at all. So we're really passionate about sustainability and making sure everyone's treated fairly. Yeah, we'll continue to look for the most sustainable option possible but I guess like the most sustainable option is just to wear the clothes that are in your cupboard. Yeah. Yeah, it would be the one, uh, <laughs> the one key uh, takeout. But as you said, there's no one perfect solution, and the more you dive into it, the more complex the problem is. Um, yeah. Somehow, it's also for maybe everybody to find what works for them, and we can't force change on anybody or like expect people to make the same choices. And as you said, at the business, you guys also need to make benefits and all those benefits are like going towards helping others so it's finding the balance yeah like some people need those cheap clothing that you keep clothing from like a kmart or you know somewhere like that because they mightn't be able to afford it so we can't be like shaming people they just want to feel nice and have new clothes but that's all they can afford like yeah it's more about just educating people on purchases and looking after their clothing disposing of it like correctly or repurposing and yeah it's just more education as a whole yeah to yeah i think will help the industry for sure yeah i think that you guys have a you also offer a beautiful unique solution and it's very inspiring (laughs) Uh, see everything you've done you keep branching out and being super creative so i'm really inspired by your story i hope that also 
we just started, but I hope at our level we could also have this impact through education and also through the people who help us. I found before you said because we are at this stage where people who are helping us they all like volunteers and we yeah. can't financially pay anybody, even ourselves at the moment. But it's, I find it really fulfilling as well to work together as a community and trying to bring something out. So yeah, um, no, that's, that's, <laughs> I commend you for yeah all your efforts. It's such a good thing you're doing and providing information for people is, you know, it's the best uh, thing we can do to help people make informed decisions moving forward. So, yeah, yeah. really thankful for what you're doing. No, thank you. I'm so grateful that you accepted to join. And as you said before, I guess it's also about sharing the story, sharing your story and how Homie was born and all the people that you are supporting today to inspire more people to join the movement. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Marcus, for Thank you. today. Really appreciate Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We hope you enjoyed the talk and got a lot out of it. A big thank you also to our guest speakers. Stay tuned for more sustainable talks and tips. Bye for now.